0: The O-C-D. bitch. The show where we take an in-depth, episode-by-episode look at the seminal and underrated prime-time soap opera of the early aughts, Everwood. Mm-hmm. Just kidding, it's the OC.
1: Because of the amount of uh, times I use the CW app uh-huh. for our other jobs. Uh, I see a lot of commercials for the CW Seed, and the CW Seed is airing Everwood right now. Really, and it seems so not CW. It just seems like this like normal family move to the woods, and then they have like normal. When was when was the CW or the WB or the UPN ever about normal family drama in the woods?
0: But, I mean, this was the only one. It didn't work out for them, and they moved on. This, yeah, Everwood was post Buffy and Dawson's Creek, but pre all of our shit, pre Arrow. And it just pre-supernatural, maybe.
1: So there's just no superheroes, and that's why it's gone.
0: Yes, but I do. It was a contemporary of the OC because I remember hating all of them. I watched the OC when I'm on board, and then I saw an episode of Everyone and went, "No." Do you remember how
1: surprised Outcast was when they were asked to do the theme song, and they were like, For everyone, forever, everyone?
0: forever, everyone? How long does this show last? Oh, just one season. That's a relief.
1: I thought you were talking about this particular
0: episode. Uh, One Tree Hill is another show from that era where Uh it's it's just kids. There's no superpowers. There's no wacky monsters. And that is an address? Yes. Or a description of
1: the hill? What a shitty-ass hill. What what
0: kind of hill are we meeting at? Uh, The One Tree Hill.
1: I'm used to One Tree Island, right? That's where you always get stranded.
0: Classic Larson Island.
1: Yeah. You're not a classic Larson. There's ladies with 50s glasses and cows talking, and there's One Tree on that island. But One Tree Hill. That's absurd. In this economy.
0: This one tree town.
1: And One Tree Hill was Everwood, but not in the forest? Yeah. So what? I did confuse it, them all the time. And the way to remember all these shows is what heartthrob did it give us? Because I couldn't what, tell you. Was One Tree Hill Chad?
0: Yes, One Tree Hill was Chad Michael Murphy of Agent Carter fame.
1: Okay, and Everwood was Treat Williams. Treat Williams. Uh-huh. Is that
0: Are you making that up right now? No,
1: he was the dad. Mm, Probably not treat a heart at the time. Treat Williams. Yes.
0: That, I like that. That is a snackable name.
1: It's, I mean, it's a snackable name, but also, like, you're always going to be paying for lunch when you ask out Treat Williams.
0: It is my treat. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> you're my treat? Fuck. I'm paying for everything.
1: You're, stop writing um, little phrases on candy hearts, please. I know it's the season.
0: But they all involve treat.
1: But You're My Treat is... Wait, One Treat Hill? Where was One the crossover? One Treat
0: Hill. That is the Halloween episode. They're trick-or-treating.
1: Every segment on this show that we're ever trying to get out of, all the segments could be shorter if we just stop thinking of stupid things like One Treat Hill. <laughs> that is why they last so long.
0: The, the TV shows?
1: No, our segments of this show. Oh. it's because our, our, Of
0: this show? Yeah. Thank you, Ryan, for putting up that perfect layup like you're some sort of volleyball player. On this show today, we are talking about the pilot of the OC. And I know you out there are thinking, what? Didn't you do that 50
1: weeks ago? And I was also supposed to ask, wait, we're starting season two today, right?
0: No, we're not, Ryan. Look at the cue cards. We are covering, we're almost covering season two, but not quite yet. Today, we are watching the pilot with commentary This is the very final thing we're doing of special features of season one. We're saying goodbye to season one the way we said hello to season one. Drunk and barely on the rails. But what you need to know about the pilot, it is just Josh Schwartz and Stephanie Savage of Runaway's creation fame. And it's just the two of them talking scene by scene. Savage Schwartz. Interrupting each other. Well, I would say that Josh
1: does most of the interrupting. I would say a solid half of the things that Stephanie brings up, Josh will say, oh, I'm sorry, and then just say something completely different.
0: He is equal opportunity. He interrupts himself with different points as well.
1: That is true, I guess.
0: And uh, she interrupts him with polite laughter at his not-good jokes. (laughs) So I guess they're all rude. That's how she got her last name. She's so savage. So savage. Uh, We're going to come back, take a break, Okay, so hold on <laughs> in this order. Alright, so should we come right back now, right now? Come back right now. Uh-huh. Stop wandering away from me. And we're back. And now it's time to take a break. And then we'll dive in to the OC pilot with commentary. <laughs> Ryan, you are a longtime diehard fan.
1: Yes. Uh well, diehard with a vengeance fan, but yes.
0: Of the OC? uh uh-huh. Let me finish, please. Sorry. Uh but yes, you celebrate all of the McLean adventures.
1: Nope. Just Die Hard with a
0: Vengeance. Just Die Hard with a Vengeance. Mm-hmm. The best one. Yes. On my way to St. Ives, I did meet a man with seven wives. The seven wives had seven sex. The seven sex had seven cats. The seven cats had seven kittens. How many people were going to St. Ives?
1: Look at Jeremy Irons' man over here. Hmm?
0: How many? It's way easier when you don't think the like, neighborhood is going to explode. That is probably it's true. It's one. <laughs> I, it's one person. Fucking idiots. It's the one cat.
1: One cat. He, he singles out one cat, and that's the yeah. answer to the riddle.
0: It said, on my meow, two St. Ives. You know it's one cat. Longtime diehard fan of the OC. Yes. What, if anything, can fans glean from this commentary? Who is this commentary for? Well, uh, us, two.
1: For sure. The two of us.
0: They knew Sunday, a podcast, a thing that was not invented then, would exist.
1: And while uh, watching the commentary together, not that that's a big thing because we watch everything together. Holding
0: hands, tied together.
1: Um... We were looking at each other like, oh, this is just for us. What we should do is then get on the mic and <laughs> talk about <laughs> talk about how it's thing. just for us. Which will surprise nobody. But I think that honestly, can I be a bit of a dick here? Be a bit of a dick. Can I be a bit of a prickly pear? Be a cad. Okay, I'm going to be a cad, a word that Josh Schwartz uses. Just
0: uses like it's a normal thing to call somebody.
1: I would say that this commentary is for people who have never heard commentaries before. Because commentaries can be great uh-huh but i would say name one
0: name one great commentary died with a vengeance
1: uh seven samurai okay showgirls
0: okay seven samurai oh,
1: dark city with roger ebert
0: okay so it's not people involved with it
1: i think that's the thing also seven samurai was just a expert of seven samurai. that's what i was to say there's no yeah. way by
0: the time dvds and commentaries were a normal thing anybody involved with seven <laughs> samurai I got on, on there
1: <laughs> And he was—he was just always like, "Look, look, look! There's seven. I told you. There's seven Samurai." What else
0: do you have? What do you to say? There's seven of them.
1: All right, Mr. Kurosawa or Mr. Akira—I don't know. Um, I would say yeah, that this is Devin's good. Uncle, because commentaries have a low batting average for quality, mm-hmm. and a lot of the time it is people forgetting that they have an audience. Sure, and that is uh, a, a common problem with a lot of podcasts. Yes. And I would say. Commentaries, because... Podcasts are just commentaries to life. The thing is, too, too, though, is that uh, Josh and Stephanie have heard all these stories before. Uh Uh-huh. So they're telling them to each other as if they were the first time, which is good for us, I guess. But the stories are boring, and they're bored by them.
0: They're bored by them, and you can tell because Josh will finish the story, and Stephanie goes, right. Nobody interested in the story hears that, and it's the kind of thing where... That right says the same thing if Josh said, I'm sorry, I told that story and bored you. Maybe I liked that story until I heard her go, right. And then right. I go, oh yeah, that did suck.
1: Yeah, and that doesn't seem like that big of a deal, but somebody reacting to a story like that, it really does change how you thought about the story.
0: What's crazy is how many of their stories I know. Right. And I'm also a Die Hard fan. Mine's Live Free or Die Hard. Of course. That's the story I celebrate.
1: But- it's because... That's the New Testament, and I'm an Old Testament guy. These, yeah,
0: you're a little more vengeancy, just like the old gods. Uh, they told all these fucking stories on every other piece of special features we've watched. Mm-hmm. And so they blew their wad. They could have pulled a few of the actors in, because as- actors naturally have charisma. Where I don't know... I actually like Stephanie Savage a lot. She hasn't shown up on a lot of the special features. Josh Schwartz, I get a shtick, and it might be self-hating. I'm not super into him talking. I like Stephanie Savage, and she said some smart shit. I could listen to her talk more.
1: Yes. She definitely understands. um, I think that she's a really good mixture of the creative and business side of television. Mm -hmm. And she understands the give and pull between the two. And also, she doesn't want to fuck Rachel Bilson. So,
0: Oh, should we have our corner about this?
1: I guess so, yeah. Uh, Yeah,
0: everybody's favorite game, who wants to fuck Rachel Bilson? Oh, it's Josh Schwartz. It's always Josh Schwartz.
1: (laughs) And I'm sure we talked about this on multiple special features, but... Um, I think that, I think the creepy thing about it, and I guess this goes against like McG, because uh-huh. McG would just come out and say, oh, "I want to fuck Rachel Bilson," yeah, or I have, even though he probably hadn't.
0: McG, you ain't fucked no Rachel Bilson.
1: Uh, but the things that Josh Hart says, he's desperately trying to cover up how much he loves her. Right. And I guess there's a way that it's sort of cute in that he is Seth, right? And Seth loves Summer, and so Josh loves Rachel. I wonder or if does it was, like, Josh loves Summer.
0: I wonder if it was faded, like he didn't want to. But he is Seth, and he wrote the character Summer, so he's thinking of a specific person. Rachel Bilson is very effervescent and charismatic, so he, he like naturally has a little bit of a crush on her. But then because of the character she's playing in his head, it all just gets fucking intertwined.
1: But we have a, like a little bit of a natural crush on each other, and we keep that hidden all of the time. Yeah, nobody just keep can it tell. hidden.
0: Keep it on the fucking lock. What are you down. doing,
1: Josh Ward? Yeah,
0: because a lot of the actors, he'd be like, "Oh, they're so good," but he, he was just like, "Oh, she's so good." And then Stephanie, I think, was like, and then Josh just kept writing more and more summer lines. Yeah. Summer just kept showing up more and more in the script. And I'm
1: not doubting that Rachel Bilson uh is 100% 90% responsible for taking her character from a six episode character to a regular. But
0: yeah, I I, I buy that in this pilot and it's very well done and it is subtle cuz a fuck ton goes on in the pilot, but they thought she'd be like oh she she'd be a holly. But it was the scene of her talking to Ryan, Summer's sweet core starts to show up because it's she's not like flaunting it and Hotly inviting Ryan to hang out, she's super nervous and embarrassed. That is a choice the actress made because she could have been like, "Come to the party, motherfucker," and then they couldn't air it. Uh, <laughs> uh, but how nervous and like twitchy she was was not the character we saw in the rest of the pilot in a right. good way.
1: But then there's the other thing that I think that based on the special features and my dreams, Rachel Bilson knows how to own a room.
0: Uh huh. You
1: know, and so like if Benjamin McKenzie. Was cast as a smaller role, right? They would have kept that a smaller role, right? But uh, Rachel, like, it feels like that she could like make it so you don't ever want her to leave, mm-hmm. and it worked. I think it worked for all the producers and writers in a very normal way, and right. for one specific co-creator, uh, worked in a way that just should, a
0: little too drooly, a
1: little too much.
0: The the two drooly stories, Cooper over there. His, I think, his second favorite person is Ben McKenzie. Uh, which we're big fans of, but sometimes archly. Yes. I love that Ben McKenzie exists in our world in so many ways, but I would never call him one of our greatest actors.
1: Particularly just based on the pilot, um, he is a bad actor. He's
0: a bad actor. Instead of emoting, he just turns his head in a new, unnatural way.
1: He learned how to be Ryan Atwood throughout four seasons, and then later learned how to be Ryan Atwood in Southland or Gotham, wherever Uh you want to be a cop. But in this first episode... He hadn't even figured out that he has very little range yet. He has zero range.
0: <laughs> He's just his his limbs akimbo and his head yeah. cocked in ways that no human would. Um, but the 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 one of the stories they've said in every special feature because I do find it very endearing and i am in love with the myth of it as well is his audition for Ryan is he got there before they did. Ben McKenzie showed up and was smoking. They said hi to him. He didn't say anything to them. They went inside nervously, and he came in, did not say hello, and just did his scene.
1: Okay, but then, and we probably talked about this before, but there's the Andy Kaufman question: of is was that all a ploy to make sure that better ensure that he gets the role? I bet, he or he's sh- such a stupid idiot.
0: <laughs> he was shitting bricks. I think he was a young kid shitting bricks, didn't know he was allowed to say hello to the producers,
1: especially if you're a young kid trying to get this role, uh, smoking cigarettes. Is going to work better than shitting bricks. Yeah. Don't just stand outside of the studio. <laughs> oh, painful.
0: come on. It's painful.
1: Not for you, though. Well, it's, at I'm this point, you, yeah, you could shit a brick. But easy. if I was
0: his age, it would be so painful. Do you uh, remember your first brick shit? Yeah, oh, like it was yesterday. I was at a job interview. They said hello to me. I said not word one because I was too busy shitting bricks, tears streaming down my face.
1: But to defend you on that brick, it was written in Sharpie, I really need this job. Yeah. And then
0: you got the job. I just handed it politely over to them. They, they, they slid a contract over. I slid that wrapped in a Post-it. And then you have never seen
1: people use more hand sanitizer than after that moment.
0: I assumed that's what one of our products we'd be selling was. Uh-huh. But, Ryan, we were at a Taco Bell. We don't sell those kind of products.
1: Okay, so back to commentary. Um, there's two things that I want. I want, there's a story in here, uh, in this commentary, where FBI agent number two. Yes. I uh, won't stop looking upstairs. And I've seen this pilot now. What do you think? Fifteen times. Yeah. And I never noticed that guy. Uh, Josh Schwartz definitely knows I didn't about just that threw guy. Him under the bus and talked about it. And that kind of stuff is really funny. Or um, stories about like production. Like right. this was hell to film because of this. Or and this is not, the third one isn't something that we typically get in TV, but you might in like a David Fincher commentary is a little bit of self-analysis. Like uh-huh. not analyzing himself, but himself is analyzing the movie he made. Here's why the uh "messe di cine" is set up like Mise this. Messe
0: di cine, as they say in Italian. I believe
1: it's a very stereotypical Italian phrase and unfortunately we get few and far between any of those three.
0: Yeah. We get very few the stories that could be stories that just become non-entities. They say this party was the first thing we filmed. It was 3 day, 3 nights and everybody was freezing. Okay. You've set up a story. Yes, lots of setups, no punchline. 20 year olds, three days fake partying, and they're freezing. Did real fights happen? Give us anything, but they just move on and then keep going. It was so cold. (laughs) Okay, thanks. Lots of
1: setups, no punchlines. Do you think that your favorite punchline of all time is Welcome to the OC, bitch? Because, I mean. That is the best line after a punch t- to someone's face it's that I've ever the best punch heard. line. Yeah.
0: It's a tie between that and Punchline Sacramento. Just like, for such a shit town, just a great comedy club.
1: Is that a shit town? That town inside that town?
0: The town in the town? Yeah.
1: Punchline, comma, Sacramento. Punchline Sacramento, That's a good city. Comma,
0: California, comma, United States of America, comma, Earth, comma, Milky Way Galaxy.
1: Yeah, and uh, a lot of this, and I don't blame them for this, but a lot of it was very used to and in love with their thing. They have, Stephanie and Josh and everyone involved have jerked each other off about this. And rightfully so. Like, they got this Hornet. pilot to be made and this pilot went to series. But they use the term, and then here comes this iconic uh-huh. shot. Stuff like that so often.
0: Yeah. Well, and one, I mean, there's the iconic credit shot, which is the first time they used it. And it went, okay. And then the next time I used it, I was like, I, is it? It's just in the writer's room. Iconic. Right, exactly. Like, we need another this kind of thing.
1: It was clearly talked up a lot with them.
0: I think, because it's just the two of them and their producers, there's so many fucking comedians that aren't ready for their own sitcom or even to show up on Hollywood Squares or whatever today's equivalent is. But just put in a real stand-up with these two.
1: Like Dennis Miller on Monday Night Football.
0: Yeah, just cracking jokes the whole time. Chachi? Like, it would be, man, fuck that. Dennis Miller on this commentary would be delightful.
1: Yes. We need jokies, and jokies love Chachi. That's why we need to get Dennis Miller on there
0: that's what they were trying to call it and they were Joni like, Joanie loves Chachi and like whatever I'm too tired making my other 13 scripts for this network call it whatever you want to call it uh, we need to take a break and when we come back more commentary commentary hi folks sorry to interrupt your regularly scheduled entertainment
1: are you having issues right now like, I'm having some shoes what's, what, we just have to do commercials real quick what's going on with you well,
0: that's my shoes
1: But uh, that we have to do commercials I put them
0: on one at a time lace them up
1: oh yeah it's, it's pants one leg at a time. Shoes should be both at a both time. Both at once? Yes.
0: Standing position, you're on the bed, your shoes are down below. Yes. And you just jump. Yes. And they tie themselves up. And then you eat shit right after that.
1: Plus, it's it's dangerous for me. I got to get out of bed and those shoes on immediately because I got one of those Murphy beds and I'll, it's going to slam me through the wall.
0: Well, that's I do like you Doc Browned your alarm clock. Yeah. So if you're not out of bed by 630, your bed is, you're in the wall all day.
1: Is Doc Brown, can we, can we use that as a new euphemism for pooping? I gotta go Doc Brown. They gotta
0: Doc Brown. That, but that's also when you are trying to shove poop inside of your urethra. Oh, that's Doc that's and the Brown. Term.
1: <laughs> that's where he got the name from. Is that what the commercial's about? Docking Brown?
0: Yeah. Okay. That's what the commercial's about. This commercial? Yeah, the one comor- that, that we're, were in the middle of like, right you now. That one from the 80s. Uh, it's about Docking Brown. Everybody, just a PSA. You should know it exists. Don't do it. And we need a little help, just like everybody who's Docs and Brown does. And there's uh, several ways to help us out, Ryan. Think of one.
1: Oh, well, you can go to com slash Amazon. Yeah. And if you search for Doc Brown, I bet it would be, you would get different things than what we're talking about. Maybe Back to the Future on DVD. Maybe a little Doc Brown Funko, if that's your thing. Doc Brown Martins. Doc Brown Martins, sure. Just
0: based on the shoes Doc Brown made.
1: Dockers comma brown. You get brown
0: slacks. The only kind of way. Yeah. Khaki? Fuck khaki. We're straight brown.
1: Straight brown or nothing. Uh,
0: it will help us out and not add any amount to your Amazon price. You could also go over to patreon.com.
1: Uh huh. Patreon.com, yeah.
0: Slash your pop filter.
1: I, I'm trying to interrupt you, Les, while you're saying the name of the thing that we need to the advertise. One thing yeah.
0: we, the one that everybody needs to know, patreon.com slash your pop filter. Should I just speed it up?
1: Yes, please. Patreon.com slash your pop filter. And much like somebody very somebody. sad, somebody very somebody. sad about uh, how tall. Their wedding cake is many tears many tears on patreon.com there's Spons many here. tears
0: yes there's the one dollar tier that'll explain the backstory of all of ryan's jokes and why he is the way he is there's the five for only one dollar he's for one dollar uh there, there's blogs every week there's all kinds of extra tent there's just like us letting our hair down getting a little loose you know how we're all uptight not on patreon so just go over there help us out for the price of a dollar a coffee Patreon.com slash AirPod Filter. And of course, the easiest and the freeziest way to help us, wherever you get your podcast it's probably Apple Podcasts or Stitcher. Or
1: Amazon or Walmart. Or
0: Amazon or Walmart. Uh, rate us five stars, please. Review us. Hey, they're great. I love them. End of list. And remember that
1: the all, always classic um, when your grandma, like, she's not looking at her phone, take her phone. Maybe she died. Oh, hope so. Take it off her uh, deathbed nightstand
0: she shouldn't be buried with it take that shit out of do
1: her. do not bury her with her cell phone <laughs> as the Sunset Riders once said um, take that cell phone log in put your granny's dead thumbprint right on there go to her iTunes or podcatcher and subscribe rate and review to every phone that you see does not have to be a dead grandma it could be a dead grandpa
0: dead uncle dead uncle sure. dead neighbor
1: no don't do it to dead neighbor you freak <laughs> you fucking freak
0: get your dead neighbor's weird kid to do it it's yes those are all the ways to help us take it away Past us.
1: A lot of this commentary is spent talking about how hard it is to make a pilot, Mm -hmm. which seems dumb, I guess in hindsight, because they created perfection. Right. So why wouldn't anybody... This should have been a bidding war.
0: HBO should have been like, give us that OC pilot, bitches. Now everybody just calls them bitches. He did say he is haunted by the line welcome to the OC bitch, that people will just scream that at him from now on. (laughs) Which, I mean, at a certain point, fame's awesome, fame's great,
1: but this is why why, like Dave Chappelle bought a farm, right? Right. He just
0: had to bail for a while because people scream. It's fine for a joke if you're saying it, but this is just what people (laughs) yell at you. And then they would punch him in the face. And they're like, it's from the show that you wrote, do you remember? Don't say do you remember, he remembers.
1: One of the problems they brought up was how they're dealing with other teenage shows from the past. uh uh-huh. And they loved uh, Freaks and Geeks. Right. And they loved My So-Called Life. Yeah. Have you ever watched any of that?
0: No. Is that Claire Danes?
1: That's Claire Danes. No. Uh, maybe that's our next podcast. Undeclared, they mentioned? They mentioned Undeclared. I love And that. then thinking about it, uh, I was thinking the same thing that all executives said. Yeah, that those all lasted 13 episodes. Right. Those were canceled immediately. And then they said, uh, we want to be more like 90210, which lasted for 11 years.
0: The longest high school stint.
1: But the, when he brought this up, he was uh, talking about a scene where Seth sits down at the kids' table, uh-huh. and he and a little kid have a conversation about sailing lessons, and we get to see Seth's or Adam Brody's brand of comedy. Right? How was that
0: more 90210? That seems to me... No, he was saying, this is us slipping the little hidden freaks and geeks. So I said not be nine hundred two. The rest is 90210, but we got this scene planting that future seed.
1: Okay, What is it about those shows? I guess the OC is in the middle of 90210. Yeah. What is it about Freaks and Geeks and Undeclared and My So-Called Life and then, to a certain extent, Friday Night Lights because it went on a little longer, but literally no one watched it. Mm -hmm. Not literally. Um, What is it about them that burns so brightly so quickly and that are gone?
0: I, I think the gone is not being long enough to find the audience I think they're mismarketed. But why all the 90210 is big and fake and dumb and soapy in all the best ways. But you're not like, when you're getting gut wrenched by it, it's in a way TV can. And freaks and geeks, there's some scenes that can break your heart in a real way. And if you just want to laugh at dumb teenagers and then that Bill fucking Haversham uh, watching TV alone scene happens, that's not what you want on a Friday night. Uh, so it could be that like it hits too raw, too vulnerable. Though that's not what they were going for in that scene. I think for the kids table scene, he's talking like awkward comedy.
1: Because that that scene would have been the funniest scene in 90210's 12 year history. Right. It's a it's not in the top 100 of OC scenes, but it really would have stood out in 90210.
0: Yes. And so I think the the quirky humor and I think in that time period I don't that, that kind of humor was not Because all the jokes are is this kid sitting literally slack-jawed, staring at Adam Brody while he gets more and more nervous. So it's just not what the kind of jokes they were used to.
1: If you look at the OC ratings to the first two seasons, they're pretty big, especially for now. But for back then, it it was a surprise hit. Mm -hmm. And then it it went downhill fast. Same with My So-Called Life. And I wonder if there's this thing with these type of shows. And honestly, with 902102, 902102.
0: (laughs) Now, am I going to understand 902102 if I didn't see 90210?
1: I mean, you could also say that that's a different address or different zip code 902102. It's just the longest zip code in California. Um, I wonder, like, the ratings were, it was a huge hit, and then people just stopped watching it. Uh huh. And I wonder if there's something where, like, you hit a generation, but in this case, a generation's like uh, this very specific two year age. Right. And once you age out of it, you stop watching and then the next generation who becomes 14 or 15 they will find their own different show.
0: They'll find their own different show uh streaming was not around so binging like cuz i think now the younger kids would find it. And they do. Like you see that happen all the all our shows have a longer life because of Netflix and streaming.
1: But there's this like there's this huge hit aspect of it though. Like it was it's very buzzy. Uh-huh. And the buzz just goes away. And Is it because people are aging out and it only takes, like, nine months to age out of this as opposed to... I
0: think so, especially because, like, adult buzzy shows, you're not aging out of those. But kids, you're going through so many phases and stages and what's cool and not cool. And now I have friends, so I don't need to watch kids my age have friends.
1: That's the thing, too, is that, like, I remember there was, like, a week. And before that week, I watched a solid 40 hours of TV a week. And then after that week, I watched zero. Yeah. You know, I just started doing, I guess, yeah, what I saw on TV.
0: I would... Before high school put blankets over my head and my computer screen and play Baldur's Gate for 9 hours a day.
1: And Man. that's what you called masturbation? Yeah. What is play. Baldur's
0: Gate? Baldur's Gate is a uh it's like not as popular as Diablo, I maybe not as good, but it's like a D&D video game based on the Forgotten Realms world. It's a lot of fun. Uh and then World of Warcraft or just Warcraft and all that shit. And then I met friends that they and I went oh fuck computer games forever
1: and yeah there's no slow ween. it's just Mm-mm. like oh I, all of a sudden it's trick or treat theory all of a sudden I find trick or treating ridiculous this thing I said I was gonna do for the rest of my life I now find it ridiculous and then you just stop and I think that happens to these shows you're so invested and then at one week you just you just stop watching
0: and 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 now there's another show everybody you're around wants to watch or you're too busy trying to huff glue. <laughs> you, can't. you can't. You don't have time. You don't have time for the OC. The
1: other thing about that scene is that we do get to see a sneak peek of like the sort of comedic sensibilities that the OC offers, right? And there's another scene later on where Kiki and Hercules, uh, TDD, Tate Donovan and Kristen Rowan, yeah, uh, Kelly Rowan, are talking, and Stephanie Savage says, "I mean, like this show right here would be great because right? look at their spark." And it's true they have one, but watching this pilot, do they have one or does everyone have one? Yeah. Like I, do you think that this script is so sparkling that like all I, the characters do?
0: And and this pilot shows like Summer and Ryan having scenes together is crazy later in the game. And this proves you could throw any of their characters together and it is fun to watch. And I want that to happen more often. Jimmy and Ryan have a brief scene in the pilot. Mm. It's crazy.
1: There's a couple of actors that are negative, and we gave a lot of shit to Marissa throughout the first season. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, her with Rachel, her with Haley, her with Tate Donovan, her with uh, Julie Cooper. Um, the scripts are always written in such a way that like create this chemistry out of nothing right. almost.
0: But yeah, I liked Stephanie Savage's other pitch: get rid of the kids. It's just these two high school sweethearts who married the opposite of each other and are now living next door. That You could sell that today.
1: Yeah, and I mean, I think that we talked about that a lot in the first season of the OCD where uh, that's the thing that this show should be remembered for is that in all other high school shows, particularly 90210, Mm -hmm. uh, adults were only there to make you bored. And wish the kids were back on the screen. I don't
0: know. This is, this is kind of like a steaming engine of an p- episode. Should we bore the audience for 10 minutes? Let's throw a dad plot.
1: But we would not have Coach and Coach's wife if it wasn't for what the OC showed us we could do.
0: Yeah. Nobody would be saying, hey, y'all, whenever they enter or exit kitchens without the OC. And it does. I do get bored of the kid drama. And then there's adult drama. And they're very different kinds of plots often because, in theory, 40-year-olds have different concerns than 17-year-olds.
1: I I think it's very important that – I think that you can write a drama. say by the Bell, one (laughs) of my favorite dramas. Famous drama. Uh, You can write a TV show uh, where we we just never talk about the fact that these kids have parents. And it does feel like Josh and Stephanie went in and said, like, oh, no, it's an ensemble all the way around, both generations.
0: The way they talk about Tate Donovan and Bradicus Finch, whose name is – Peter Gallagher. Peter Gallagher. Yeah, they obviously cared about the adults because you don't get known quantities who are adult actors if you don't give a shit about the adults. Right. So it was built from the ground up with that in mind. And that's just smart. World building. They talked about world building a lot. And then, yeah, I know we all love James Eckhouse,
1: Brandon and Brenda's dad from 90210, but uh, going into the show with Peter Gallagher and Tate Donovan as the first two people you cast, that automatically shows that, oh no, we give a shit about Mm -hmm. who these characters are and who plays them.
0: Because if we don't, the actors will make us by the second script.
1: Right. And then we were just waiting for the spin-off show where Jimmy goes away and has a whole new family of children. Like let's say he's raising 13 kids. Okay?
0: I'm on board.
1: All right, and that would be called Tater's Tots. <laughs> I love You just why do you listen to these stories?
0: <laughs> I thought you were just I thought there was a sp- like not a spin-off but he had another sitcom that I didn't know about. No. No
1: there's not. It's named after him. We're taking a break. Also, I can turn over this card that says, say tater tots in the show. Yeah. I've done that now? You've done it. Okay, good.
0: Ryan. Twice throughout the commentary, Joshua Shorts, creator of The O.C., creator of Runaways, creator of Gossip Gilmore Girls, Mm -hmm. Co. on all of those, says, this is a fairy tale. And then he backtracks and then brings it up again. He's saying the OC is a fairytale. Marissa is a princess, and that's what it's based on. Do you buy that? Why do you think he backed down from it? Well, I think that he
1: he backtracked because he could only think of one example of uh-huh. why it was a fairy tale. But I I think the other reason that he backtracked, and I'm just going on like his tone of voice while talking. The other reason he backtracked is because he doesn't want to sound like that guy talking about his creation. Uh huh. Because that's such a thing. I mean that like. You know the whole thing's a fairy tale. You might as well be saying, you know, Newport is a character on the show,
0: right? I I thought it was embarrassment, and maybe it's still embarrassment for sounding like that guy. But like him being so excited, but like I don't want people to think I'm think I'm writing anything more than a soap opera.
1: Oh, but
0: that's the thing, and we've talked about this.
1: Uh, we talked about this earlier in the episode. Is that the crazy thing about commentary is that uh, we it's not scripted? I don't think. And nobody's, like, planning a bunch. They think that, like, oh, I got a commentary in a week. I got a commentary schedule. I'm going to, like, watch the episode and plan some stuff. They never do. Right. They just go in, like, all willy-nilly. Um, and so that came out and he realized that he wasn't just talking to Stephanie on his back porch and her and him and Stephanie have had these conversations all the time and it's just fine sh- plastered, but like it, because they know it's in secret, you know? And they like, right. yeah, I would never see this thing or else, but I do think that the LC's it's kind of a fairy tale. But
0: yeah, hit the gas. Julie Cooper's the wicked stepmother, even though she's the mother, mother, like there are ways you could fuck with it. Like, do you think then that they needed
1: someone else on the commentary, like a, exec exec like a uh fox studio head or like a uh just like totally burnt out cynical writer to like jump into the conversation say like really asshole right
0: and so it'd be like then your defenses go up and you're like yeah motherfucker or just a moderator i think a lot of commentaries could deal with a moderator who didn't help create it but has watched it and has thoughts
1: because one of the worst parts about watching commentary is that you can feel them realizing that they haven't talked in a while. Right. And they start getting tense, and then they'll just say something that is, like, nobody needs to hear.
0: I gotta fart.
1: Oh, this scene is the time where I realized that Cherry Airheads were better than the Mystery Airheads, because at least you know that you're getting Cherry.
0: I could have gone for that bit a little longer. The, the the Airheads deep dive. You think so? Yeah. One of the weird things that they talked about uh, shows that they had no planning was... Rosa? And they're like, and this is where we meet Rosa? A character we never see again.
1: Does Rosa, how many lines of dialogue in the entire four seasons does Rosa have? A half. A half? A
0: half of a line. But the way they acted like her here, it was like she was one of the big five.
1: Is Roma about Rosa? I think so. Is the movie Roma? Did They they just changed her name slightly. They changed it to Roma. And then she's a city, Uh the character. (laughs) All cities are characters in and the future, and fairy
0: tales. All cities are characters. All characters are fairy tales, and that's why there's a character coming up on Doom Patrol named Danny the Street, a street who can talk.
1: That guy's on Doom Patrol.
0: Yeah. Wow. You know Danny the Street? I do. He your guy? I he just hook up.
1: I just uh, I sat through all of the auditions for Doom Patrol. I didn't think that that superhero was going to make it. He made it. I thought it was going to be different people. Also, Doctor Doom not on Doom Patrol
0: yet. Season two, baby.
1: <laughs> but yeah, um. There is – and I think this is the case with a lot of artistic folk Uh who are – they're super able to lash out when they want to, but there's also the reverse of that. It's like they put all of their feelings into one awful moment where they're terrible people and then don't know how to talk all the rest of the time. Stephanie feels more confident, but Josh feels like he is very – calculated uh-huh and then also instantly feels bad about all his calculated comments and i don't know anybody like that mike is that weird for you to listen to josh schwartz talk and have him be like that
0: no not at all
1: it's not weird no, well i mean I, I thought that in order to continue the conversation you were gonna say yes that's it's, weird and it's not
0: weird because
1: i'm so used to it oh you're so used to it do you know No, but is this your mom or
0: ah uh, someone i'd say closer to me than my mom <laughs> That's is everyone. It's calculated and Wait, and your, green My you your green grocer? Are talking about your green grocer? Timothy? With two Timothy? Fs? Timothy with two Fs. Uh, who's kind of a fairy tale. Mm-hmm. Long hair, don't cut it. You can climb it.
1: But the other thing, too, is that uh, once you start that conversation, once you start the, to say, like, oh, this is kind of a fairy tale, mm-hmm. you got to have something more than, not just the one example. That's not, uh, like, he was on the spot. He couldn't think of anything else. That's fine. But all stories are fairy tales. All stories are soap operas. You're not saying anything new, you know. If you really went out of your way to say something about fairy tales when Mm -hmm. you were creating the OC, that's one thing. But all uh, all stories are all the stories.
0: And and Savage could have asked him drawn more out about it. It does feel like they co create things. But he's, I think the reason she's mellower is probably personality, but also the world asks Josh Schwartz about these stuff more than they ask Stephanie. Yes, because of sexism.
1: And because of sexism, maybe savage is worried about if she were to ask a simple question it would feel like pressing him and what the fuck bitch why are uh-huh. you up my
0: ass you can't ask me shit like that It li- listening to it i would love to do commentary with you and i guess some would argue we do a bad job of that every week on this show but just having people who know how to interview and guide conversations is so fucking helpful
1: well i think having a moderator in commentary is interesting you know like there's no reason to go to a like Comic-Con panel.
0: Right. That's just start.
1: You could just listen to that as a podcast. Yeah. So bring that panel moderator into the thing and just say, like, just gently nudge conversations. Tell me about this thing. Tell me about why cherry airheads are better.
0: Why chairheads, man? Why? Do you have a favorite moderator? Like top five, right off your top favorite moderators right now.
1: My favorite moderators. Yeah. Okay. Uh, let me, just to kick off the conversation, can you give me an example of one before I have to name five?
0: Uh, one moderator, Yvette Nicole Brown has moderated things in the past. Mm-hmm. She took over the Talking Dead for some reason. I don't know what happened to the normal host, but she took over for a while as a moderator. Right. Uh, oh, I,
1: I, I've i heard that. I've never been to a Comic-Con with him at it, but I've heard that uh, Ackerman is very good at it.
0: Yeah, I, I, I mean, he's a professional host.
1: I think Ackerman would be good because, I don't know this, if this is true, but I, th- I think it might be possible that he... Uh, knows what a good show is mm-hmm. and is such a fan of things that he may be able to put
0: his shitty asshole disposition character aside right. and actually like, make a good show. Jesse Thorne. I guess moderators are just interviewers interviewing more than one person at a time.
1: Jesse Thorne's a great example because I don't find his podcast that enthralling, uh-huh. but that's that seems like what he's perfect for. You have this conversation. <laughs> y- you talk more you so I don't. You
0: do it. You looking at me? You fucking do it.
1: I'm not trying to like bring a head of Podcast Rushmore down. I think Jesse Thorne's great. I just, I, I think that's what he would be good at, is sort of like on the sidelines helping things out.
0: That's such a different skill set. You're not shining all the time. It's almost like you're the Stephanie Savage of the panel. What you want
1: to do is you want to put the uh, stars up front and then have a thorn in the side. The thorn in the side is asking the questions, Mike.
0: It's like it's his name. What is your favorite chair head?
1: My favorite chairhead is the villain of the tick. <laughs> Didn't he have a... Was that a barstool head?
0: Probably. <laughs> you could say anybody's a villain of the tick. ass show.
1: Do you... B- before we get to the last question, I think the last question of the night is what do you think of Josh Schwartz? But real quick before we get there... People know. What do you think of Josh... Like, do you think that he's an okay guy? Do you think that... Do you think he's problematic? Do you give him...
0: He is a little then, but he's also trying to remember... He was like 25... Every fucking dude is problematic at twenty five.
1: And if you compare him on this commentary to like Max
0: Landis, yeah. he's killing it. Nobody's problematic compared to Max fucking Landis. Uh so I, I I bet now he's calmed down. There's not that prodigy sheen on him, so he doesn't have to live up to it. He's not hopefully not as self-hating, realizing he is Adam Brody. Oh, that doesn't
1: go away. But I think he can become around. more functional, yeah.
0: So I bet talking to runaway Schwartz is so different than talking to the O.C. Schwartz. Unless he's listening to a show and then he hates when we say mean things about the show, but it's not always great, so fuck you. If Josh Schwartz said
1: that he was going to come on the show, but he would have to replace you, would you be cool with me moving on with me and Schwartz talking about every episode of The O.C. on The O.C.D.?
0: Yes, but that means I get to co-show run Runaways with Savage. You think that's an even deal? Yeah. Wow. Our pod- People love our podcast.
1: You know what? I'm going to give Savage enough credit that that'll be fine. Yeah. Like, she'll still handle She's it. She's a pro. And your whole deal where you have to have, like, uh, flying pirates in every scene, she'll figure out a way around it.
0: Nobody fucks with the fly pies. Working on catchphrases. We got, maybe they're a Greek organization as well. We got to take a break. When we come back, the alluded to final question. Y'all want to talk to us? <laughs> wow. I was just going to mention that
1: maybe that we don't do a bit right now. Just get to the commercial and you start off talking like that. What's the bit? I don't. I'm gonna say. No, I was gonna say. Don't, let's not do a bit. Just get to the commercial. No, give me a
0: bit. Let's do a bit.
1: Okay. Well, my suggestion. was- Give gonna, a bit. Be, get a bit. My suggestion was gonna be. Uh, what if you read the commercials like a clown who just got his foot ran over? But that is what you did, and it was awful. You
0: want to talk to us?
1: I hate this new character.
0: <laughs> At your pop filter on Twitter, super easy. One five six two D R D J P O P. That's a robot associate.
1: And so I have no job here. I just came in here to listen to you do that <laughs> tell voice. them
0: I need eyes to look at. I can't talk without eyes. Oh, man. Ryan, what about DJ Pop? What's that? What's DJ Pop all about?
1: He's a, he's a robot, and he takes messages for us. You can call him and tell us how we're doing. Maybe not how we're doing it with commercials.
0: One of his hands is a...
1: It's a clown. And
0: if his other hand is a...
1: It's a robot hand. Racist. And finally,
0: you can email us if you want to get a little old school. Contact at yourpoppilger.com. That's it! Ryan... If you had to guess, you're at Vegas, mm-hmm. the odds are who knows what that means. What is the final question? What do you think the final question could be if it wasn't how do we feel about Joshi Schwartz? How, so, what are the, uh, so the odds are know. four don't to know. one? I I lose everything at Vegas. So your question is, uh,
1: what are the odds that I could guess the last question? Sure. And the odds are set at eight. Eight to one. Seven. So I bet $1. Sure. And I win $8.
0: Okay. So eight I to one, it. does that feel yeah, okay? Yeah, I get it. Okay.
1: So I wouldn't take that bet. But if I was going to take that bet, I would put $1. No, I'm going to put $100. Yeah,
0: that's $800. Open to win
1: $800, but really going to lose $100. And I would say that the last question is,
0: Ryan, what do you think about the OCD? Give We're going to talk about our podcast. That's me, what I think the last question is. Give me a hundred dollars.
1: No, I owe you one hundred nope. dollars.
0: They'll break your legs. They're behind <laughs> you right now. You just get to declare. You Got hustled, bitch. <laughs> Ryan, this casino sucks. What do we think about the pilot now? Okay. We've watched the whole first season. We've watched it a few times in our lifetimes, and quite recently.
1: Yeah. What do you think is the amount of times that we have seen the pilot start to finish?
0: To, cumulatively, like together. Uh huh. Seventeen.
1: Okay. I, am ve- I'm still, I still remain very impressed. Um, now I know Josh Schwartz's opinions of it, and I know uh, Stephanie Savage's interrupted half opinions of it. Um, I think that it does much more than your typical pilot in much more subtle ways than any mm-hmm. pilot. Every pilot feels like that uh, they're going to jam as much in, but it's okay. People will understand that it's a pilot, and that'll be fine. But the amount of stuff that's in here, I think that is, it's very impressive.
0: Yeah. Uh, Mercer drinks in a scene, but you know, there's that seed. Uh, Kirsten could be the mean mom, but she shows warmth in a scene. Like everybody. Takes a foot towards where they will go.
1: Jimmy talks. Jimmy talks to Kiki real quick, and it cuts to Sandy going. Wah?
0: Yeah, a fucking look in a pilot. You're allowed to just do the look. No, right now we need a ten minute monologue on how they everybody's background. Julie is introduced in a tight leather dress. She's not going to be a good mom. No good moms wear tight leather dresses. Do you think that was
1: the costume designer saying like, no, I can't put her in the dress that like is appropriate? I yeah. have to make sure everybody knows or everybody in the back of their mind knows that this is a shitty mom who's wearing leather to the goddamn fashion show. leather,
0: and because she says shitty things to Marissa, but also that leather.
1: And it does a really good job of saying, eventually, all of the characters that we want to be three-dimensional will become three-dimensional, but for right now, we need these like four to be 3D, -hmm. these 11 or 12 to be 2D. Yeah, Summer
0: and Luke are huge fucking surprises that they get three-dimensional later.
1: But even Julie, who you can see that the writers do... She, they know that she's going to become a main character. Right. There's just not time. And so she
0: 2Ds out until... Focus on the family. And Marissa. Marissa gets thrown in there for sure. And watching that, it does have flaws. They're, they obviously have never been to Chino. And then trying to be like, well, we put the graffiti to let you know what Chino is. And it's just Chino graffitied on the wall.
1: Have we talked about... Um, and we're from Southern California. Uh-huh. It's where California! Li- it's where we lived when we were poor before we move to this uh, high-rise in Los Angeles. Um, have we talked about, like, why it's Chino and not Riverside? Because they talk about Chino people on the OC, like Orange County people talk about Riverside people. Is, is Riverside too far away?
0: I think Riverside's closer.
1: Maybe- Ch- Chino is the first... If you drive north, Chino is the first city you get to once you leave Orange County. So it's in Riverside County,
0: Okay, but it's not Riverside City. So maybe city. Riverside County... It's known for the county more than its city itself. And so, you pick fucking Chino. Do people in Idaho and Maine have they
1: heard of Riverside?
0: No. But they never they had used to not have heard of Orange County. You'd have before Orange That's County. That's not
1: true. It's the best county in the world. Before
0: Orange County, RIP and the OC RIP. You'd have to say Orange County. What? Disneyland? Then people knew. It was not until this show hit. Do you really think that? I know for a fucking fact. I think you're stupid, but now I'm starting to think that I'm in a bubble. You're a stupid bubblehead. <laughs> you grew up here. I'm world-weary and wise. Uh, I'm from other places, and when I would travel, people would have no fucking idea where it was here until 2004.
1: It's just when I traveled as a child, I was an Army brat. I was the first five-year-old to be enlisted in the Army and become a... Original Bucky? ...a Sergeant Major. Uh, I would travel the world, and I would say they would say, where are you from? And I would say, um, oh, I'm from a very small town. You've never heard of it. It's called Fountain Valley. And they'd be like, yeah, I've never heard of it. And then I'd say, "Um, it's in Orange County. They'd be like, oh, okay. They do that typical... Oh, okay. Okay. Everyone knows Orange County. They
0: thought you meant Orange County, Florida, or New York.
1: There's an Orange County in New York?
0: Orange County, New York, and Orange County, Florida, they share, if you go maritime, it's one county, but it only hits landfall in Florida and New York.
1: If you go maritime? Yeah. Does that mean becoming a sailor? Yeah. Hey, I'm going to go maritime. Go
0: maritime. Or, if you want to marry the concept of time, you say that same sentence.
1: So, either one of those very common situations. Yeah.
0: You know how it is.
1: One of the crazy things about the pilot, though, is—and correct me if I'm wrong or if you disagree—but no, it doesn't show off the how soap opera e it will become. Like you could watch this pilot and think that it's sort of like a
0: gritty Netflix show. The soap, the soap comes in later. It, the Seth says hi to Luke. And Luke, like, beat, like, Seth is just wandering the beach, and random other dudes start to beat him up, so Ryan starts to... He doesn't even hit anybody yet. He just goes, hey, 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 and Luke goes, nope, we're fighting now. That's super fucking soapy.
1: But what I'm saying is, like, uh, of course Teresa got pregnant. Uh-huh. Of course Ryan's about to date Caleb's daughter in season two. That kind of stuff, is that here?
0: I don't think you can ratchet... In the pilot, I, I guess Riverdale did it, but in 2003, in the pilot, you need to make us first care about these characters. Ryan, a public defender met a kid in juvie and adopted him in the first episode. That is pretty goddamn soapy. I guess that's true. But that's the thing, though, is that it
1: is later on, the Yossi will play the soap opera stuff as soap opera. Uh Like, they will have their tongue firmly in cheek. But everything that Sandy and Ryan do in this episode is, like, a gritty drama. Mm -hmm. Like, they really slow play it, and it's very serious. And even the camera is different. Like, there's a dirty filter when you go to Chino. If you just take a camera to Chino, it's just going to get into dirty. The, the yeah. air there, it's just yeah. schmutzy. It's so weird. Um, but yeah, I I don't think that the show changed. I don't think that they changed it after the pilot. Man, I just think changed. that they said we have to make a pilot that's different from the stuff that we want to do so it gets bought.
0: Mm-hmm. Because yeah, he said. Uh, Schwartz said that at first people thought is like this law and ordery, and because Sandy's a lawyer, and you see those scenes, and they acted like oh they didn't know what. Part of you maybe put that up first to make people think it was one of the most popular TV shows of all time.
1: But I think that the soap opera, like how good it is at soap opera, uh, is second place to how good it is at, like we were talking about before, chemistry. Mm -hmm. And that's the thing that absolutely is here. Every scene that doesn't have a ton of plot shows how much character chemistry the actors have and the script has like you can see the chemtrails everywhere
0: oh there's always chemtrails everywhere sure. man sure but nobody's talking about it seth and ryan on that sailboat which josh schwartz loved that adam brody hates sailing and didn't want to be on there uh and it was his audition scene uh so you know they just threw him in the ocean and went you fucking earned this but yeah that those those two dudes just talking so much fucking chemistry and the video game scene the, the video game scene. The first time they're together, you really buy that they will be super close friends because of that scene. Because they go from like awkward to just in it, in however in it Ryan and Seth as characters can be. And I
1: think that if you watch e- just the pilot, which is always notoriously going to be the worst episode of any series, right? Not here in the in the pilot. In this, you see like stuff that will make you watch even if you don't know why. Like mm-hmm. there's stuff that is so. Just like warm and fun. And no matter how many times I watch this pilot, I'm so impressed. Because in between the this time I watch the pilot and the next time I watch the pilot, I will have seen 20 other pilots. And the warmth and the confidence is not there.
0: Confidence. Lived in Do you have a top five pilots?
1: This is in it. Yes. And my other go-to for a show that I shit on. Like if this show was a movie, it would be the Shawshank Redemption as much as I shit on it. I love, love, love the Walking Dead pilot. Yeah. I thought that was spectacular. The Walking
0: Dead pilot is great. Fresh off the boat, I remember having a great pilot for a sitcom. Mm -hmm. Sully Sullenberger, great pilot. (laughs) All those people saved them.
1: Yeah, it's very hard to do. uh, And I think that we give most of them a pass. Mm -hmm. Like, even people who don't think that they know a bunch about TV will watch a pilot and subconsciously think, like, yeah, it's fine. They fuck up. But uh, this one is, it's great.
0: Teach a fucking master class.
1: Me? That's yeah. I'll do it. Just fucking sure. do it on this but pilot.
0: How much does it pay? You pay them. <laughs>
1: what are the odds on payment?
0: Seven to three. I'll bet on it. <laughs> You're bad at betting. <laughs> uh that's the show. When we come back next week, Ryan. Don't fucking tease don't don't there, toy with me right now. We've gotten through all the special features.
1: Oh, so what are we gonna do? Are we going to go back and like do commentary on the commentary
0: on the special features. The OC minute. We're gonna go minute by minute from every other episode. No, my friend, it is episode two Don't. oh one. Oh my god. What are they these crazy kids, what have they been up to all summer?
1: What are the odds that our next episode is not about the second season? Because oh. that feels like even odds.
0: Is a hundred to one good odds or no? One to one is good odds.
1: One to one is
0: Yeah. One a dollar, take a dollar. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> so that's you make two dollars <laughs> yes but i don't know how great. you won that first dollar man Dude our casino knows. sucks
0: las vegas baby it's
1: it's bet a dollar punch in the nuts
0: bet a dollar punch in the nuts oh uh, nope we are talking about season two who is zach and what is he doing here what's going on up in portland summer's dad's, dad's here all the time yet. summer's
1: dad Shilene woodley you're just gone what and China has alopecia. Where the fuck is Oliver? I thought he was gonna be here.
0: Latro, stay gay. California. California.